Look out. Surging up from the depths of the sea. Horrifying, mysterious creatures whose attack on people sends the whole countryside on an endless search. Unless something is done and done quickly. Is this the end of our civilization? You'll pioneer with us the perilous descent into the unknown. What does that mean? What are you even talking about? A deep, penetrating dive. In the last calm and reflective moment before the monsters came. Humanoids from the deep dive. Welcome to the podcast Humanoids of the Deep Dive, where we dig deep into the meanings and context of your favorite monsters and monster movies. Each episode will see guests and myself give or take on an important movie monster and or film, and what we think it means using everything from history and, and philosophy to films and folklore. Today's episode we will be covering one of the most interesting entities that is both influential in one of the world's largest religions and in Western civilization and society as a whole, um, but one that people don't often really talk about. Uh, today's episode is on biblically accurate angels. So fans of the show can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Google, iTunes. Uh, follow us on Twitter at HFT Deep Dive. I'm your host, Jeff Ewing. I'm an entertainment contributor for Forbes and Genre Film with bylines in Nightmare on Film Street and Shudders the Bite. And I've co-edited two books on monster media, Alien Philosophy, Stranger Things and Philosophy, as well as having written academic book chapters on topics like The Devil, Hell, Cloverfield, Jurassic Park, and others. I'm pleased to introduce two excellent guests for today's episode. Corey McCulloch is a teen horror filmmaker and blogger. You can find her work on CoreyCorey.com. You might also know her uh, on Twitter and elsewhere as Horror. Thank you so much, Corey, for stopping by the show. Thank you for having me. And Andrew Fleming Dunn. I'm uh, honored that he's uh, guest hosting today's episode. He's a Twitch streamer and a co-host of the multi-genre podcast, The Rotating Chair. Uh, thanks again, Andrew, for for being here and hanging out and chatting angels with me. Always an absolute pleasure. Always. Especially this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this episode is... Y'all, this episode was fun. It was very fun. Um, so this show usually ties entities into uh, a film or television example that people can kind of latch on to. But in this case, it's not exactly possible because so that the standard Western picture of an angel <laughs> is this winged humanoid or sometimes not winged at all is, is, is part of it. Yeah. But also the, as we'll dig in deeper, the, the actual like types and varieties of angels and their appearances are so different that there really aren't good examples of media to attach them to yeah. for good reason yeah, yeah. <laughs> for good reason so we have your uh i won't spoil every anything but so this is going to be a little bit of, of a more folkloric episode and uh i really look forward to it <laughs> but before we kind of like dig into the folklore deeper and get real specific with the complexity of it all put it that way kind of want to f- start with general impressions and thoughts uh, as we often do. So um, maybe as our, as our guest, Corey, whether, uh, what are, <laughs> why was this of interest to you and what are your general impressions and thoughts? Okay. So um, I first heard about this when I saw like a really old Tumblr post about it. And 
somebody said like no one will believe what biblically accurate angels look like and they posted photos of them and they look so insane i was like there's no way this is real and then i sort of fell down a rabbit hole on youtube looking at all these different videos and photos of biblically accurate angels and i don't think i've ever been more terrified of anything in my life they are so scary uh and it like kept me up at night because i just couldn't stop thinking about it and they're like uh they're eldritch basically yeah like they don't have a form in the sense that we would consider a thing having a form yeah it's it it makes me I think like you both, I knew there was more to it than just cherubs and people with pretty faces and, oh, and wings. Stupid. And uh, yeah, I did not know I'd be stepping into like a, an HR, like a, an <laughs> HR Giger. Like It makes me terrified of if these are angels. What are what God? demons supposed to look like? Yeah. And what are demons? Like these are the things we're supposed <laughs> to be like all four and they're frightening. If that's what you see in heaven like do you really want to go there because i don't think i would be able to live among that because it's nothing i've seen in hell in any in any picture of hell has been as confusing or, or as frightening as looking. yeah yeah i, don't, I yeah, literally like, could like, not uh, think of a more terrifying being no yeah like what i would be so much more afraid of the concept of a devil if it was like yeah he's actually like doesn't even have a form he's just like a wheel <laughs> of fire with eight thousand eyes yeah I'm like Oh my god. Some random like goat man seems a lot better than <laughs> right? Or somebody with like what the head of an ox, the head of a human, yeah, four wings. Oh my god. Such a this is the horror movie we need to make. We need to make one where On what budget? is like a legit cherubim. I don't know. I you think know? you give it to Panos. Uh yes. I, I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. I'm so sorry. I don't want to butcher it, but uh I'm gonna say Cosmatos and Cosmatos? I'm wrong. And yeah. I will be the one that's wrong now. Okay, sweet. Uh give it to him. Somebody call Spectre Vision. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just give it to him and let him shoot like let a him silent do whatever film. He wants. Yeah. <laughs> Just give us this because it's I, I think of the uh I don't know if you've seen it, but the ending of the movie The Void came out a few years ago mm -hmm. about the uh, the hospital that kind of becomes like a, a portal to hell. And there's a wonderful homage to uh, Fulci's The Beyond at the end of it, where they're running through this kind of barren landscape. And then there's this incredible Leviathan stretch before them of just like an inverted triangle. It's like and, alien architecture, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's just this bizarre, so deeply unknowable thing. And it's like, little did I know that as as creeping as wonderful as that thing is it it pales completely in comparison to <laughs> god's direct bodyguards <laughs> even the wheels of his of his chariot or his throne is, the, are these demented horrible gears with eyes and little babies and that are on fire, fire in the middle of them yeah. <laughs> so much fire why is it's there so much fire. fire what's that all about cuz that to me seems hellish right yeah like, because they're like, oh, yeah, well, hell's full of fire. That's real scary. Well, um, uh, heaven is apparently also full of fire. So was everything just full of fire? Like, I just, like, Lucifer didn't change when he supposedly fell and became, like, Satan. <laughs> he just, like, was still on fire the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it really does call into question, like, for for anybody listening to this episode, please Google just biblically accurate angels. And There's look at no the way we can There's... describe them that would no. <laughs> accurately. 
there's the best way to think of him is if is if you've ever seen the movie the uh, event horizon the the gravity uh drive in the center of the ship that opens the portal to hell imagine that but it's made in the gears instead of spikes there are eyes and in in, in the middle of it is a little fire baby and <laughs> around it are things with four wings and ox heads and human heads and snake heads and their their wings have eyes and there's fire on them too and then there's god so if these are the freak shows he surrounds himself these celestial late night walmart workers what does the manager look like i'm yeah like like the, the, there's there's a whole upper echelon class of angels that supposedly uh they I don't even they, their whole function in existence is to hold God's chair. <laughs> yeah. They're wheels. They're and literally they're wheels. wheels. Like they're not yeah. even they're not even like humanoid figures. They're just wheels no. that are on fire and have fifty thousand yeah. eyes. And and their whole job in eternity is to hold God's chair. And Which is so like, and scream and, holy. Yeah, yeah. It's so so the question, and we're we're gonna get have time to dig in deeper to all this stuff but the i i just uh, uh sorry it's just what one okay so many questions so many questions um why does an omnipotent being have a corporeal body with weight that needs to be held up like is there gravity up there yeah, like, why, why does an omnipotent being need the buddy system to keep the throne up? I mean, why couldn't his chariot just like work without it? You know, is, that, is this is where we get like wheels? the Santa Rudolph. Yeah, <laughs> it seems excessively cruel to like make give wheels sentience too. That's like, yeah. could you imagine a chair being aware of itself and 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 having mm-hmm. like maybe its own free will to some degree? And it's just we sit on it, we disrespect <laughs> it. It's you know like. Yeah. How horrible of an existence is that? Like this this the god of of this particular text really loves just creating like incredibly horrible slave situations. Honestly, it seems like it. Yeah. Okay, and like one th- one thing I do want to say is that like uh it's it's the policy of of this show like we're engaging with concepts and folklore and and things because they're not people won't even believe them. You know what I mean? Like people that aren't biblical scholars will be like, these are the na- the actual characteristics ascribed to beings that we have a much, f- you know, friendlier concept of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, you know, at no point am I actually making a claim on the truth or falsity of no. any of the folklore. No. Or the thing. It's the official policy sure of the show. I sure hope it's not true. <laughs> <No>. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's the official policy of this show that everything I'm, every entity I ever describe on this show is true. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually like more like Switzerland on all of it, but, um, <laughs> but uh, so at no point am I saying like the, the faith or the, the, the Mm-mm. entities or whatever, the characteristics, any of the literature, folklore, never saying any of that is false or true. I'm not making any statement. This is just how it's described yeah. as we have it. And for a lot of context too, for, you know, especially, all three of us being, you know, North Americans, there's like, uh, there's a lot of baked ideas and I'm an outsider. You know, I was raised by a Buddhist monk. Like uh, I'm, I have a peripheral understanding of Christianity as a youth researched a, a 
bunch in my 20s, and but I'm not a person of faith. But a lot of my reactions are because I recently, I thought I knew about angels, and I didn't. And uh, <laughs> this is like, these are recent revelations, and this is the hardest acid trip anyone's ever been on. <laughs> yeah, um, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I grew up... Uh... Christian kind of for like when I, when I was a kid and I was never that good at it. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. I was never that good. I was never, never that, that good. <laughs> um, and, but I was always fascinated with folklore and beliefs and obviously the entities thereof. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I'm looking at it from, I look at it from someone that was kind of, taught it as a kid and raised in it and raised in that context. And then I look at it very differently now, but it's still so interesting. And also they don't really teach you a lot of this stuff. Like they don't teach you this stuff, but it's, I think that that, that's become kind of like the Western softening of Christianity. Um, I remember for a lot of, uh, a lot of people when um, the passion of the Christ came out, uh, not ready for the amount of violence because they've, they consider themselves people of faith. They go to church, but they've never actually opened the book themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's certainly been softened. I mean, when you think Christmas, I would guess that the large majority of, of people in the Western part of the world think Santa before they think Jesus um, or the significance of the day. You think Christmas morning, not what it meant with birth in a manger and, and um, the general softening of the Catholic Church. There's a lot of debate on whether he was even born on Christmas as well. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's which is something we're going to have to get into a little bit later when we start getting into where a lot of this might have come from. But there's been a general you can see it in the book itself from the Old Testament to the New. You know, uh, God was God frightened me as a kid whenever it was a story from the Old Testament. Yeah, God have, wasn't super nice. He was scary and, and mm-hmm. everywhere and, and, and powerful and unquestioned, like, and, and you can't question or understand. And angry. Yeah, really angry. And then you move over and he, he gives us, you know, uh, himself as his son. And it's like, it's Jesus feeds the poor. He, he takes care of us and, and yeah. you know. You know, but, and teaches like love and forgiveness. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's, I think that's where people lean. Um, they only go for Old Testament stuff when they want to. Uh, when they want to condemn, yes, definitely. And they also cherry pick it too. Oh yeah, because oh, yes. you know, like oh, oh, literally, it's a. And this is changing now for a, a lot of uh, believers, but um, you still have a lot of people that that would say, "Oh, it's a sin to be gay because mm-hmm. it yes. says that it's a sin," and I take it literally. Oh, but you also eat bacon, and it says you shouldn't yeah. eat bacon. It's also translated. It's been translated like fifty times. Unless oh, you're reading the original Latin, like you don't know what it's, it's telephone. Yeah, and it's telephone. and the books that have been passed down to us as canonical are the product of political compromises. Yes, you know between Catholics and between yeah. um, Protestants, and for hundreds of years of different uh, church father arguments and lots of murder of Gnostics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I find tracking religions. Um, to be one of the most like fascinating things. And, and like most people, I think uh, in the Western part of the world, it's Christianity that I primarily track. It's, it's mm-hmm. what I know. It's what I grew up surrounded by um, like as a young kid. So it's that impression you get. And it, mm-hmm. it's, it's insane when you, when you truly trace it back 
and you realize the cultural osmosis. We, we talked about this, I think, uh, in our last episode together, Jeff, the cultural osmosis of jinns and how they were reshaped and formed. And part of the jinn myth has made its way over to uh, the angel myth. And it's, 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 it's always mind blowing to watch the evolution of as let's say one culture picks up another culture and they mingle and they become a new culture to see what's, what's picked up, discarded, what's changed, what's, yeah, definitely. what's, what's kept. And then like they influence each other. Mm-hmm. And it, it's in, especially when it, when it came to angels, like I didn't realize how many tabs I was going to have open <laughs> just in terms of like footnotes. Cause then, you know, this, it, it was insane. And, and then it's even now you, when you watch something like, I think of touched by an angel when I was a kid with Della Reese Mm -hmm. and angels are just like generically pretty people or tender old people who solve your problems. Like guardian angels was a, you know, that's what I thought all angels were for (laughs) almost two decades. And then, no, I discovered that they're, they're hellscapes and (laughs) like (laughs) Jodorowsky is like worst nightmare. Senses with not afraid for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's it's fun to see, I think, as, let's say, science and knowledge influences cultures on, like, a larger scale and people, we become smarter, we start understanding how the world works to see how things like angels have shifted. Because I, I think at some point, like, what if they just saw falling, like, a, a meteor dropping, mm-hmm. this ball of flame breaking up in the atmosphere or, like, Hopefully didn't have eyes on it. Well, yeah, but I mean, who knows what like this, you know, this guy has been trouncing in the poppy fields all day, (laughs) what he's seeing when this thing's dropping, you know, it's just, it's, it's fun to watch how they've, you know, gone from these kind of like abstract uh, machines really to Della Reese holding your hand. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's kind of a fun journey. Yeah. It's horrifying, but it's fun. (laughs) Well, it's also really interesting to look at like how many cultures have somewhat similar beings that are not at all related mm-hmm. to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the footnotes and the tabs. Yep. It's just <laughs> the Zoroastrians. Yeah, because you have like guardian <laughs> angels and and uh, angel-like beings and Zoroastrianism. You have helper beings in a lot of Eastern faiths that mm-hmm. aren't angels but have similar functions. I mean, you could argue, uh, like how many, um, you could argue different like levels of ghouls and, and goblins, even to a degree, like Honestly. pixies. It, it, Definitely. It's, then you have like the idea that angels are just like, but the pure energy, like the ball of lights, like how many people in the Bible saw that? Yeah. I, yeah. I found an article that was like, what are angels made of? And <laughs> oh there's articles God. over what angels are composed of. Nightmares. They're made yes. of nightmares, we found out. Mostly fire. Yeah, fire and, and every bad wish anyone's ever put together just <laughs> formed to a, like an entity. Honestly, it's, I thought I had seen oh, it all. I thought I was so desensitized to like horrific things, and nope. And this it's because your brain tries to like, you know, like I think it's like a natural impulse when we see something um, so abstract and, and so bizarre. We try to compare it to something we try to <laughs> that we know so we can to. just make sense of it and then there's like this thing and it's it's like holy shit um this is salvador dali meets francis bacon <laughs> like meets, meets blake meets barker it's it's just not right 
Yeah, yeah like Cthulhu makes more sense. Yes. Honestly. Visually. Because I know what an octopus or a squid look like. I know what a man looks like. So put the okay. two together, boom, I got a Cthulhu. No, yeah, like I'm so comfortable with Lovecraftian monsters after seeing this. Like they don't bother me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... The Bible okay, ruined so... Lovecraft. <laughs> okay, so um, so let's start digging into uh, a little deeper into the actual uh, things themselves. Because w- I think we set up that people are not going to believe <laughs> The, the the stuff that's coming out of our faces mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh so I actually start to describe some of this stuff um uh and again i'm not I, i'm genuinely it's gonna sound because this is a such a fun topic and no one ever talks about this stuff and it's gonna sound like i or we are <laughs> are insane are being dismissive or disrespectful disrespectful or insane and neither of none of those things are true i am completely agnostic sorry on <laughs> on the existence of any creature we talk about but oh yep. my goodness These are just, <laughs> this is just a lot and it's, it's hard it's to talk about going. without questioning some things i feel like i've witnessed things it's led to some absolutely beautiful artwork too it, like oh yeah some beautiful pencil sketches or even like uh, some stained glass representation that i've seen it's just beautiful stuff it's very like truly magnificent yeah and yeah I don't use that lightly. No. Um, no. So, okay. Okay. So angels in general, uh, in Western theology and, and folklore, because, you know, as, as y'all mentioned, a lot of different faiths and traditions have versions of, of similar entities. Right. Um, but for Western theology, uh, angels are, are sort of God's messengers or, um, or, or warriors against dark forces or servants more broadly. And they're held to be beings of pure spirit who in some cases can appear in human form to interact with humans. Those types of angels are often pictured as having wings, but uh, as we've been trying to talk around, uh, there are so many different, mm-hmm. that, that's like the common conception, the Clarence from, you know, it's a wonderful life, angels, but it's yep. it's it's just way different than that. Yeah. Um, uh, notably, many faiths have uh, that have even been in the same region as developing Judaism have similar beings. Uh, for example, Zoroastrianism has angel-like figures. Um, the the Amesha Spentas are six divine beings, and again, I'm going to butcher all these pronunciations. It's just gonna happen. Our apologies. Uh, <laughs> yes, I take full responsibility for not knowing all languages. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? You have a podcast now. You should take yeah. it seriously, Jeff. <laughs> like, uh, like, what are you doing? Like, you gotta learn more languages. I gotta learn more languages. <laughs> the deader, uh, the better around here, too. Exactly. Absolutely. So, so uh, okay. So the uh, Amesha Spentas are six divine beings created by. Uh, in Zoroastrianism, the the positive, all powerful deity is Ahura Mazda, and um, each so so uh, Ahura Mazda created these six divine beings, and then also each person has in that faith one guardian angel uh, called uh, Favrashi, and that's kind of awesome. I I love that term. Um, so they have a very similar concept to guardian angels in the way that Christianity and, and Judaism have developed. And then it's interesting because 
this is the monster and monster movie podcast and i find myself struggling to define sometimes how like what defines a monster what makes a thing monstrous (laughs) this one so this one's a monster i don't know how else to describe it yeah so there's sort of two different ways i think that an uh, angelic being can become considered monstrous and and we might I mean, demons as a concept, fallen angels deserve their own episode. Mm-hmm. But the sort of two ways as as uh, I think of it, one, demons that fall out of the grace of God and that turn evil, fallen angels become you know demonic and then all bets are off as to the forms they take. You know, that's one mm-hmm. way for these beings to become monstrous. But then two, some of these entities completely have personages that are almost indescribable in terms of how they violate our understanding of form (laughs) and function so i say they count yeah yeah i i i smirked a little bit when i heard this was the episode i'm like we're a monster podcast I was like, that's a little rude gotta trust me man uh five minutes into googling holy shit what (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know monsters until right now. <laughs> Honestly, and I think like even even people that like really study these texts would probably agree that like these are terrifying. I don't think there's anyone that wouldn't be scared of this. It's I think it it frightens me in that way that Lovecraft was yeah. So trying to express with that just kind of like I don't know how to actually comprehend what I'm looking at. Like it's so yeah. insane that the human mind. Yeah. yeah, and something that I can't if if I can't fathom it, like will I break if I saw it? Because I, I think to look yeah. at one of these, if let's say one of them flew down right now and was like, Andrew, you suck. <laughs> I'd probably drop dead just that it like a heart attack just yeah. straight up or or my brain would shatter because like what is what matters after that? Because okay. yeah, it, it's what Jeff was saying about, you know, the idea of like form and function. Yeah. It's like these things I don't understand their form and well, then imagine, I, I will never be able to understand. Imagine you drop dead and then you have to spend eternity looking at them. I know that's that's heaven is such a worse idea than it was like a few hours ago for me. Like <laughs> the more I think about it, it's just it's a scary scary because thing. yeah, to look yeah, because we always try to associate something. Uh, with what we're looking at, you know, if it's something that we, that's why we, we constantly see faces and things because we're, our mm-hmm. brain's always trying to find something that we can recognize. It's trying to like impose order yeah. on, <laughs> on, on it. Really. On pure chaos. Which You're is like, what... that looks like a dog. No, it doesn't. Well, <laughs> I want it to look like something because it's under, it, like we're classifying animals, you know? Yeah. Like we classify, we classify, we classify. So when there's, we encounter something that's truly unclassifiable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I keep coming back to the idea of like uh, opening up a watch, like a like an old wind up watch, um, and looking at the gears. Now imagine those gears are made out of fire, flesh, eyes, <laughs> like the triumph of God, and like really try to sit there and imagine yeah, that. Imagine that. And it, it, it's the you? artist renditions yeah because the artist renditions are these beautiful bold detailed things and, and but the more you stare at them the crazier they fucking get oh my god yeah, yeah it's, the, the, the longer you look the more they look at you yeah That's it's not idea. good <laughs> i've stared into the void and this like the seraphim stared back and yes it's not good so scary 
Why did they make them that scary? <laughs> so I, I feel like maybe the best way to proceed would be through the is... spheres of like in I would think like the uh the angelic groups. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna talk about first just real briefly, because both Judaism and then Christianity both like have had hundreds of years of thinking about like the hierarchies of these angels and entities and their descriptions. And I'm just going to, to lead up to what the the respective hierarchies are. And then we can just talk about whatever. Yeah. Good. I think that's, that works. I think that's the best way to go ahead. <laughs> how do you, how do you structure this unknown? If there's yet? any like way to go would... about this. Yeah. Once more into the void y'all once more into the void. <laughs> um, so, uh, the beings that are traditionally interpreted as as angels are in the Torah uh, described using Hebrew terms that I, I can't even try and pronounce because I don't know the language. But they use terms that mean things like messenger of God or messenger of the Lord in the early Torah texts. And later texts use other terms such as the upper ones to describe the same entities. So in the earlier usage, the terms used for both like what we would call angels and messengers of God more broadly. And the later text, the term comes to mean these semi-divine beings that, that we would consider angels specifically. Mm. And uh, so for, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years there, there's uh, discussions and arguments and debates about how to, picture these entities one of the more influential jewish philosophers uh maimonides wrote in the 12th century he was he was one of the most influential interpreters of the torah and he posited a hierarchy of 10 classes of angels according to judaism's uh approach at angelology which is a term it's a real one i love that term it sounds so made Uh, up like it, <laughs> it sounds like it would be. It is yeah. super not like angel. Uh, all the yeah, exactly. Yeah, is this the thing as an angelologist? Yes, really? historically there has cool been. Job. What a cool job! I know. Like it, it kind of makes sense though, because it's it's like we as as horror fans. I mean, obviously there's demonology, right? Mm-hmm. So for some reason, it didn't occur to me there would also be angelology. Yeah, but. Yeah. I didn't think there really had to be because I always figured they were like just that one thing that we always thought of. Yeah, little cherubs are like, yeah. you know. It appears they're not. Yeah, and um, so there's different rankings of the angels, but Maimonides posited 10 ranks of angels in, in um, Judaism's angelology. The first rank and, uh, and first rank being closest to God is called the... Uh, uh, Kayata Kodesh, I think, and I'm gonna I probably just really butchered that. Followed by Ophanim, Erlim, Hashmalim, Seraphim, Malachim, Elohim, Beni Elohim, Cherubim, and Ishim. And I probably just conjured something. <laughs> <laughs> and and we can talk about those like I just wanted to, to contextualize it first. Mm-hmm. And then later Christian development of angelology kind of took its own direction. It was based, it inherited Jewish understandings of angels and then kind of 
moved into its own directions and rankings. So for Christian angelology, angel is the name of the office of the entity, not of their nature, according to St. Augustine. So it's like their position, not necessarily like the thing they are per se, because they are just spirit. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, these are subject to debates, but like St. Augustine was really um, influential for Catholicism. And then by the late fourth century, uh, early Catholic church fathers agreed that there were different categories of angels with different distinct missions and activities assigned to them, but there was still disagreement regarding the nature of angels. And then the most influential Christian angelic hierarchy was that put forward by, I love these names, pseudo Dionysus, <laughs> the arrow pageant. <laughs> and uh, which I want to make that metal band. All right. Like, that sounds like an insult, like some pseudo Dionysus. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're like, 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 oh, I'm Dionysus. Oh, yeah, you're Dionysus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's faking. But yeah, it, uh, the the most influential Christian angelic hierarchy was put forward by him in the fourth or fifth century in a book called On the Celestial Hierarchy, and. Um, he and Thomas Aquinas drew on passages from the New Testament to develop a schema of three hierarchies or spheres or triads of angels, which with each hi- they fucking just love sorting shit. With each hierarchy contain three orders or choirs. Here's where it gets really fun. Um, <laughs> so there's the first sphere of angels, which serve as the heavenly servants of God and and Jesus, um, and that is composed of like three substratum. So the seraphim, the cherubim, and then the thrones. And these ones are the, the three number one stunners. They're the entire reason this show exists. <laughs> so we'll get to that. And then the second sphere, uh, angels of the second sphere work as heavenly governors of creation by subjecting matter and guiding and ruling spirits. So, then, so following those three in the second sphere, you have um, uh, the dominations, which regulate the duties of lower angels. The virtues which these angels are made through which signs and miracles are made in the world. So they're the ones like in charge of all the miraculous shit. And then the powers who are are angels whose primary duty is to supervise the movements of heavenly bodies and fight evil shit. (laughs) And then finally, the third sphere is angels who function as heavenly guides, protectors, and messengers to human beings. So uh, you have the principalities who are angels that guide and protect like nations and groups of peoples and institutions and bigger macro stuff. Yeah. Archangels, which is, which, which in our common understanding, we kind of know um, they're just like messengers and boys of God. They're, they're high ranking angels that are concerned with, you know, every, you know, the day to day and, and the, the goings on of other angels. And then you have just regular angels which are the lowest order of celestial beings. And they're the ones directly concerned with the affairs of humanity and personal guardian angels come from this class of, of beings. So like your guardian angel is never going to be the really crazy stuff that we talk about. It's um, yeah, it's you, you can, you should. It's it's the cashier at your local Walmart. (laughs) Could be. Never know. You know. So yeah, that's that's the basic context. Yeah. What are what are y'all's thoughts and what are, what do you find interesting? There's so much. Um, there really is. 
I know when I like looked into this, the thing that scared me the most definitely were the wheels. Because the rest of them, like, I know enough mythology to be like, yeah, these are creepy, but they're like just animal mashups, sort of. But the wheels, for some reason, really bother me. Because the thought of wheels, like, having thoughts, I just can't deal with. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for the listeners at home, so in, in Judaic angelology, the orthophonym and Christian angelology, they're also sometimes called thrones, are they're basically... My they're my favorite things like <laughs> ever. So they're wheels of fire with covered in eyes. Yeah, like, like like a lot of eyes, uh, not like not like four eyes, like eyes. A, like a million. Yeah, they never sleep in the Book of Enoch. It's ex- they're explicitly, it's explicitly stated that they never sleep and they guard the throne of God permanently. <laughs> so they're just like these sleepless so guardians. They have four. Uh, they have wings the too. Four yeah. wings. They have the hands of man. They and just yes. in it's, some. <laughs> In some depictions, you yeah. have like little babies inside the wheels mm-hmm. that are on fire. Yeah, yeah, next to like winged cherubim. <laughs> and yeah, so they're like, there are four of them and they are eye covered wheels that move in- like the throne of God and uphold the throne of God. Yeah. yeah. And I- oh, this is very Lovecraftian. In the late second book of Enoch, they're also sometimes referred to as the many eyed ones. Mm, I hate it. <laughs> I'm all about it. Second I saw my first picture. I was like, I love you. You freak me out, but I love you. They're just, it's, it's, it says a lot to me that the closer you get to God, like the more insane things get. Cause that's how it should be. Like I always felt that it, to know something so unknowable and, and untenable, it's to actually approach it and see it nakedly. Like I, I actually don't believe our minds could really comprehend Yeah. what we're looking at. I mean, that's the true powers of the universe. Right. And, uh, it the second I, I started looking into these pictures, started reading about what they did, who they were, it's like this makes complete sense, and that it makes no sense no. whatsoever. Yeah. It, it's as it should be. I don't, I don't know because I, for for me, like it, these things should be so inhuman. Like I hate yeah. the fact that we we have to anthropomorphize some everything. You know, aliens. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. it, it it doesn't always a, make sense to that's me. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's like like our brain is imposing order on things that are un incomprehensible yeah. mm-hmm. um, because it has to. We have to classify them when we have to like give them form. Mm-hmm. So the so the idea that there are these things out there that I can't comprehend that Ezekiel couldn't comprehend that that people looked upon and just gave because we got to think too. This is the description given to us by someone, usually an unlearned person. Mm-hmm. Uh, thousands of years ago so it's like who knows what the fuck they really you know yeah when when they saw this who knows what they really saw and it's just to have this kind of weirdly advanced almost uh i keep thinking of them as um biomechanical yeah yeah kind of it's well, like an yeah in- it's Sorry, an interesting. Oh, it's just an interesting idea because you could almost argue that there are things that are powered they you know uh thrones especially um, they could just literally be weirs, like wheels and gears. You know, this is like the, yeah. the celestial mechanics. And uh, to me, that's just so fascinating. The idea of like, we think of clouds, angels, warm light, maybe I know some people think of like water and sunsets and 
what if it is just this completely bizarre alien technology <laughs> that like <laughs> runs everything and when I, I look at thrones that's exactly what i see it's just bizarre technology because if you were to go back in time with they're, they're a part steam of, engine they're a part of um like like actually like a part of god's chariot you know because yeah. they mm-hmm. are considered um part of uh, transportation yeah and it's yeah. like this living i i don't know to me that it, it took on this like whole new kind of giger mixed with like uh uh what was that william blake who did the um uh the woman wrapped in the uh, the rays of the sun with the red dragon mm-hmm. um i think so yeah it just like because it kind of has i don't it's such a bizarre like I'm sitting well, here like, trying to describe the indescribable. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I now know why Lovecraft doesn't bother because you can't. <laughs> oh, I just want to say that like uh, something you were saying, Andrew, that I find very interesting is when you mentioned that, you know, as you get closer to God, it makes sense that you would be more to be able to be close to something so incomprehensible and powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have to be kind of incomprehensible yourself. Yeah. To some degree. The reason why I like that is because I think of weird things all the time. <laughs> I, you know, like I'm, I'm a writer and a screenwriter and I, I write yeah. about horror films too. And um, I, I periodically, my brain comes back to, for all we know, in the void of space, there's stuff living there. Yeah. For all we know. Because we know so little about what life could be like. And there most likely are like alien life forms somewhere. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly. And so, but if there was something living in the void of space or between galaxies or, or outside the boundaries of the universe, it would be so incomprehensible to us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We would be as nothing to it. And it's something that even probably Lovecraft would be like, dude, that's fucked up. (laughs) Like, yeah. yeah. It's the same type of thing here. It's yeah, definitely. Reading the descriptions, actually, you know, because I read the Bible once, a teenager, um, and I haven't been a teenager for a very long time. <laughs> and um, so, like, my thoughts are hazy. There's certain things that stand out that I was just like, wait, this is in the Bible? Holy shit. Yeah. Um, pretty much all of Sodom and Gomorrah is just like, wow. All right. This is insane. Um, but I, I, I never... I, I just can't wrap. I just reading okay, these okay. passages. It's like it's like trying to describe a dream you had three yes. weeks ago. And like yeah. these cre- these like creatures that they've created, they seem I don't know. They seem like so futuristic, even for like nowadays. Like it seems like something it's, that would be created in like a million years from now if humanity keeps going. It's science fiction. I mean, mm-hmm. you can say the same thing if you really look into the holy books whose name I cannot pronounce for the life. I know them, but I cannot pronounce them. I'm not even going to try. It reads like science fiction. Yeah. And that's what's always – then you look at you look at the first sphere of, of angels with the, the cherubim, the seraphim, um, and the thrones. It is – it almost looks like uh, space opera stuff. It really does. You know, this, is, this is like David Lynch's Dune. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if, yeah. If we can go into some of the conspiracies a little bit, a lot of people think that what people or what Ezekiel was describing were like UFOs or alien technology. I mean, you go back to like you say the same thing with the uh, uh, Mayan representation of like Quetzalcoatl showing up on what pretty yeah. much looks like a little like spaceship. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Like also like people uh, similarly, and then we can talk about this more in the deep dive when we're like digging into like themes that we find interesting, <laughs> but Sodom and Gomorrah is interesting too, because is kind of attached to that, that conspiracy theory because the turning into a pillar of salt after like a celestial strike Mm-hmm. sounds to some folks like a nuclear weapon was dropped mm-hmm. <laughs> like it starts to get kind of insane yeah like, I've, I've i've heard that too it's because then it, you know even when you think of the work of like nigel neal who is a british uh uh science fiction horror author uh did the crater mass um film series stone tapes mm-hmm. uh john carpenter's prince of darkness mm-hmm. where we look at like in that film jesus was an alien who came to warn us even um with prometheus and alien covenant jesus was an alien that came to tell us about things and you we gotta all of all of these everything that's in the bible the torah the quran um the stories are thousands of years old yeah and when you imagine like this is going to be a horrible analogy, but like, let's say, imagine comparing your wealth of knowledge, your bank of knowledge now and how the world works and, 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 and science, and, but then go back to their time and think about, put yourself in the context of like, that's you when you were four and the world was still full of miracles and magic when you didn't, you couldn't see the math underneath everything. And it's, I, it's what I keep thinking. It's like, what if they were just seeing something, you know, like what if uh, the, the thrones, yeah, like uh, <laughs> extraterrestrial. Oh, know? yeah. And it, it's like, what if, how would a more primitive mind comprehend uh, machinery? Yeah, you know, I mean, if, it if makes we were to sense. Bring a, if we were to bring an engine back to them right now, like a car engine even, something we take for granted every day. Well, yeah, because it's like, like um, if you look back, um, I mean, before, like, well before germ theory, like the, the ancient Greeks, for example, one example among many, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how would they look at a plague like the one that we have going on now? They would be like, yeah. clearly you pissed off the gods. <laughs> like, it's not like, oh, it's a virus and this is what a virus is and this is how it's transmitted. It'd be like, no, you done fucked up. Yeah. Maybe the problem is, is that we look at these things uh we don't look at them biblically anymore maybe that's that's the issue is we we broke them down with science but science is the great lie right so <laughs> we need to go back to like all right how can we not piss god off and then covid will go away right yeah i don't know about that one. <laughs> is that how that works is that how this works i mean uh, they... i'm gonna check no okay <laughs> yeah damn it wear a mask <laughs> no it's 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 I think about that a lot, especially with this, like, you know, Corey, like, thank you so much for allowing me to, to tumble down this rabbit hole. I mean, and, and with you, Jeff, bringing me in this, because it's, you know, I, I haven't, I don't put a lot of stock or thought into faith in my everyday. So getting to kind of reexamine it from my deeply cynical, it, it's been kind of fun to maybe pick apart like ideas of, of what could be, because, you know, you mm-hmm. have that ancient aliens theory and it's like, what if uh our creation myths and, and it's just misinterpreted extraterrestrial yeah. visiting and then seeds and and then you look at a throne and you go yeah no i believe it i believe that's just a floating messenger device like you would see in star well, wars like one of those floating <laughs> droids that just, people couldn't understand yeah. it and i want to uh, mention uh, a couple more types of angels too because that we've barely even scratched the surface oh, yeah, yeah there's stuff. so much um one uh uh, I'll, I'll give it to, to y'all to to talk about Seraphim and Cherubim because they're, they're boss as hell. <laughs> but 
one that doesn't get any love from Jewish uh, angelology are the Hashmalim, which are the fourth rank of angels in the Jewish hierarchy. And they uh, are described as beings of fire appearing as clouds of flame with a more traditional angelic figure within. That's awesome. So are they normal standard angels that are always kind of on fire? Is the fire a part of them? Oh, that would kind of suck. I like to think of it more of like a Dragon Ball Z type situation, you know, when they're powering oh, up and they got the energy really cool. force like around them. You know, they're, yeah, they're saints. Like, yeah, it's like they, they, they look so similar to standard angels and, and God's like, all right, we got important, really close to the room <laughs> stuff for you to do. And they're like, shit, what do I want to work tomorrow? Um, I don't want to look like the interns at the bottom. I got a really important thing to do. Fire suit. Put on the fire yeah. suit. God. God bought horse armor DLC and stuck it on the, on <laughs> these angels. It's just it's cheap, like copy paste. Yeah, we'll add some. We'll add fire. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Guy got tired. He's like, I've been a lot of designing lately. Yeah, I've made a lot of stuff, guys. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just it's angels with fire. It's cool. Like I don't. Just think about how horrifying it would be to actually, because you know, waking up to the idea of like if if we're gonna just pluck like your normal thought of an angel like alan rickman in a trench coat hanging out at the foot of your bed that scares me on like a ton of different levels because yeah. a you're dead alan rickman b you're in my room c what the fuck Damn it, Hans. <laughs> but, but like you know to even just imagine something like uh I, i'm not even going to try to pronounce it um the uh our, our fire angels just you're walking down the street. Do not be afraid. And there's yeah, just a dude like on City fire. Of Angels. In front of me. Yeah. Well, like, you know, imagine like City of Angels, like Nicolas Cage yeah, becomes yeah. human. Oh, is, he, is he still always on fire? Is, that is the role for him. <laughs> That's actually what you don't know is that Nicolas Cage is one of the few people who has allowed his own personal throne. It's what he has instead of a brain. <laughs> That's why he's so amazing. He's the only human that's ever been able to directly observe them. Yes. <laughs> he's that powerful. Yeah, he walks into the celestial throne room. God's like, sup? And he's like, sup, God? <laughs> no, yeah. God can't perceive him. He's the all-powerful. <laughs> <laughs> he sends messengers to God. <laughs> he's like, oh, man. Um, yeah, the whole time... This whole time. This episode been... needs so many caveats. Yeah, you're gonna have to put like, please <laughs> direct all be... hate mail too. Yeah, Dark Crow. <laughs> it's fine. I'll take it. Um, I just want someone then... to pay attention to me for once, please. <laughs> and then uh, let's see. Uh, do do you find folks want to take the uh, seraphim or the cherubim? Ooh. Sure. Yeah. Um... What's your favorite? <laughs> I, I'll talk about the seraphim just because right. they're Wonderful. interesting. Um, so the seraphim are said to have six wings and they are sort of like, I don't know, God's personal uh, hype crew. They're like, they sing around yeah, God's they're, chariot they're and they're literally just yeah, there to like, I don't know, be literally like a personal chorus, which... Yeah, they they literally continuously shout praises. That's like specifically so holy, holy, holy. Everyone should have a friend group like that. That's great. Yeah, they're like eternal flavor flaves. <laughs> oh my god! So they're just they're God's entourage. Yes. Oh, these are my high school buddies. I brought along for the ride. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, seriously. Like, and, and so it's also interesting too that in Jewish angelology, they are like a little bit lower on the totem pole mm-hmm. as they're typically classified. And all these classifications have debates, of course. But then in Christian uh, angelology, they're considered like the most important because the most important thing is to just praise God all the time. Yep. <laughs> so the ones that praise God all the time, the hype men are like the number one angels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, I, I find it funny too, is like going into it is you can never quite get, cause there aren't really that many passages directly no. explaining what angels look like. So right. In some cases, I just want to know, like, who listened to the town drunk the night yeah. they were like, what do angels look like? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, like... have you guys ever watched Supernatural? Because that's something I really appreciate about them is they have a character named Castillo who's an angel and, like, you cannot perceive him. Like, he, he comes in the form of, like, a person, but his true form, like, can't be perceived. And he's actually brought yeah. back as a seraphim in a certain season. That's but, cool. um I may need to watch that just just yeah. for the Seraphim. It's, I, I need mean, more Seraphim. There are like 14 that seasons, so good luck. It's a good show. It's, it's it's funny like tracking back to with Seraphim because um, they are the ones when we're, we're like we're talking about how crazy it's. <laughs> I'm thinking of Seraphim, the Cherubim. Like a bunch of them look look crazy, but the Seraphim are just these. Yeah illogical like constructs of yeah they have like six wings like you said yeah you know yeah and two cover two are used for flying while the other four cover like their faces and their feet which why why yeah just bad hair day i mean like all the time okay so like they they have breakouts they get breakouts (laughs) (laughs) they can't really go to a dermatologist because they don't have a dermatologist just to cover my breakouts sorry guys <laughs> so like god made a class of angels to it's be just, his hype men that just their whole job but is to fly around heaven with their six wings cut four of them covering up and that's just th- their eternity yeah i just like like I'm, I'm looking at one right now and it's the mosaic that it's on kind of looks like it, it was it could be like on a, a g-string print um that's neither here nor there it's just it's the picture i'm looking at it's just a weird shape but it's like to stare at it it's it kind of reminds me of going back to like the greek myths when you're dealing yeah, with like definitely. the animal human hybrids um mm-hmm. and it's it's like I, I i'm looking at them and, it, and like that's what i'm seeing is because you know so much of christianity has has adopted or um mixed in uh, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different beliefs. And I can't help but look at this and wonder, like, is this maybe just like a sort of like a holdover? Yeah. Um, like someone came back from a place that still worshiped Zeus and then they were talking about, you know, sphinxes or griffins. Mm-hmm. And because weren't the seraphim, um, no, I'm thinking of uh, the cherubim, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of people think. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of the cherubim. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like the, there's, because it's, it almost looks like a, a creature made of wings with like a human head. And then the wings, think of the wings like, like peacock feathers, yeah. except there were literal eyes on, on them. dotted yeah. in them. But also and, uh, part of them are like emo fringe because they're like covering half of their faces. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. And then the, there's, there's, um, uh, and the, the name Seraphim means, um, 
the burning one. Yeah. And um, it's actually like, like it's close to the, the word for cobra in like ancient Egypt. And in mm-hmm. Egypt, a lot of they have like a lot of like flying cobras in their mythology. So people think that that might have come from there. What did I read that they were seen as the, yeah. the uh, they're like the physical representation of Christ in heaven? Oh. as well mm. and uh their that's their upward movement and like the the flight and the feathers it, it's all just it, it's supposed to be representing their kind of ceaseless devotion to god they're they're constantly in upward motion always reaching towards heaven always reaching towards the father so it's like i i, I try to think about the way they move too like i'm desperate for some very talented yeah. artist to like show us how these things move because I, I i'm looking at their their wings their feathers now and i i can't help but think uh like even this with all the fire just live like feathered flames it's like, really it, like is it you can't rippled imagine. water yeah it's it's this has been my biggest thought exercise and it's actually it's been bugging me for like two weeks now it's i just, think they're my favorite i think the seraphim are my favorite really i can see I, <sighs> Just barely, because it's 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 so fucking metal. Like it really is. They're so dramatic. As you said, great tattoo ideas. Yeah, yeah. Like these are these are things that are like air like airbrushed on the sides of vans. Because like imagine just like a six winged flying being whose whole job is to be like to say holy, holy, holy all the time forever. It honestly sounds like something that like a random off Broadway black box play would make up and like use cardboard <laughs> <to make. laughs> like you know, like okay so let's design these uh unconventional angels okay so like how many wings does a normal one have two um more <laughs> yeah okay four and it's four now like so it's like an insect no no, no. like a dragonfly no more <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly what it sounds like wings for pants we need wings for pants <laughs> it's just it's i just love the seraphim so much um they're, they're very so cool, cool. yeah they're the ones that I'm they're the ones that I'd be most afraid to come across. Like as weird as the, the cherubim are, there's something just even stranger to me about living wings. Cause they're really just like they're, they're, li- they're there's cool. no real indication of a body. It's just wings with there's eyes. Like sort of a yeah, like wings on wings on wings. Other other depictions of them are like just wings with eyes on them. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. As we said earlier, I just love that the closer you get to God. Just the, like the crawling chaos yeah it's it's so interesting to, like if i had seen these as a kid i would have nightmares about them like yeah. straight up i would have had nightmares about god and angels because they're i even now like just it's that it's that thing that lovecraft was always trying to communicate and it's one of the biggest things people when they criticize lovecraft is that well you never tells you anything and i'm like well that's how, how can you describe something yeah and with this it's this is yeah, this is the exact same thing. It's just, it's how can you describe something that makes no logical sense? Because it's the logic of a divine being in no way would ever match the logic of you know what it created. Yeah, it's thinking on a whole other level, and it is on a mm-hmm. whole other level. And it, it, it's this has been a crash course in into the uh, why we need to stop turning everything into like uh like in the image of man. Mm-hmm. And then it freaks me out even more just saying because like didn't God make us in his image? Apparently so not. Yeah. Like, where did these come from? Yeah. Well, it also makes you think of like, do you think that Lovecraft saw something similar and that's where he got inspiration from? 
or had some kind yeah, of maybe. similar vision like started to because like who's to say lovecraft isn't a prophet yeah at this point i don't know he's just like obsessively scribbling and like muttering to himself like everything is so fucked we're all so <laughs> fucked everything is so weird it's uh, it just right when you think i it's almost like a uh he's almost like a guy in a panel van you know he's got like <laughs> some really nice candy and you're like oh that's really nice and he's smiling at you those are those are the lower order of angels. And then the closer you get to the panel van, you start seeing like the blood stains on the carpet. <laughs> you know, like the dog crate in the back, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> this, this isn't good. <laughs> I think that's like, a perfect like, description. And there's just like one person in the corner you can't quite see, and all they're yeah. doing is singing holy, holy, holy. Right. It's like a David Lynch scene. You know, they, like every one of his movies, there's that scene where it's just like a weird group of people you don't want to live next door to. This feels so like a David Lynch movie. All of this is like that same weird. <laughs> Like you're you're like going to the back of this restaurant because you had a weird vision, and then this like like this like burning wheel of eyes just appears <laughs> from behind the dumpster. No, okay, and then um, cherubim Ooh, are pretty um are pretty grand as well. Yes. Um, uh, actually, uh, oh oh um, I want to skip ahead because there's so much to talk about cherubim. One more I don't want to forget is uh, the Ishim, which are the lowest order in Jewish angelology. They also primarily exist to extol and praise the glory of God because God just loves, He's a reminder. He needs to pick me up every yeah, now and then. He just loves it. Just loves it. And they're supposedly composed of fire and snow. Fire and snow. Specifically. That seems and like, I'm like two oh, things that's that just... would not go well together. But imagine how yeah. beautiful that would be, though. It's weirdly pretty, and I are they just like constantly melting though? Yeah, kind of. Aww, I think that's so sad. Like and reform, probably eternally melting and reforming. Very well, they don't really have nerves. Well, I like, like to think do. that maybe like it starts with the fire. You know, fire produces smoke. The smoke becomes the snow, which falls oh, back and feeds so the fire. Cool. You know, you're like a little a little water cycle inherently. Yeah, oh, that's actually kind yeah. of cute. Um, yeah, and also like I don't I don't feel that bad because they they don't have corporeality, so they probably don't feel pain. True, true. Well, oh God, what if they do though? Because we're talking about Old Testament God. Oh God, knowing that <laughs> knowing that man, he's probably like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna feel like it. all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them nerves. <laughs> like, wait, wait, you're gonna what? You're nothing but fire, ice, and nerves. Yeah. They're in a cycle of melting themselves and burning themselves forever, and they're oh incorporeal. And like like they no, but they get nerves. Uh, but then uh, cherubim are also great. Uh, they are depicted commonly as having two pairs of wings and four faces: that of a lion, an ox, a human, and an eagle. And it also says their legs are kind of straight, with bull hooves for feet polished like brass i believe they, they yeah. make sure to, to let you know that these they're gaudy too so yeah. it's like you know it's like well i'm going to create this horrible monstrosity and give it a little bit of like you know flash yeah yeah and so like we um in western tradition it's funny because like cherubim have become associated with what's called the pudo which is this uh mm -hmm. figure derived from classical cupid or eros so like we think cherubs, we think little plump like winged boys with bows and arrows, but like no, they're these four-faced monstrosities that are like amalgamations of of all sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. It's uh yeah, 
they're supposed to represent like every like I think each head is like on the domain of like uh whatever creature represents so it's like air sky mm-hmm. you know they didn't really care about the ocean because they, they didn't know but uh in a lot of like cultures we see like lions and ox especially mm-hmm. being like super mm-hmm. spiritual I don't know about it comes back so to much but it comes back to the um uh, kind of taken from like the Greek, Roman. Yeah, definitely. Roman a lot of people think from, these like, were taken you know, from like the Sphinx. Yeah. Yep. It's mm-hmm. uh it's that it's that strange cultural osmosis. And the best thing is that like, you know, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have yeah. text messages where they could be like, yo, this guy just told me this crazy ass story. And then like, here it is word for word. Instead they had, you know, like you got told the story from a guy who heard this story, from a guy who heard this story, from a guy who heard this story 20 years ago, from a guy who heard a story 30 years before. So it's it's an insane amount of, of telephone that gets traveled. And it's like you add on, because we all embellish with like whatever story. So it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Guy had the head of an ox as well. Well, that's nothing. I saw one with the head of a lion. Oh, yeah. yeah just got angel you just saw. Like, like, like everyone's gathered around a bar. Like, hey, Jeff, describe the angel you saw. And it's like... Uh, dude dude honestly okay so like like i don't know how else just a guy at his farm just naming off the things that he had like and penned up yeah his ox it had wings right like yeah it has it had like four goddamn wings yeah man so many wings four wings because he had to be better than like brody who told the story of his angel the week before (laughs) you know (laughs) and then yeah uh and it's also interesting too because the only um the only in in live action you know uh film i don't i don't really know any films that have accurate cherubim but there's one x-files episode that does oh shit um really there's this x-files episode called uh all souls and they say it's a seraphine in that's the one thing they say it's seraphine which it's not so sorry guys bad show now um but there's one where like <laughs> someone did do uh, someone's yeah there's one where like someone's murdering if i remember right someone's murdering like nephilim mm. which we can talk about what nephilim are uh but uh and then the seraphim comes down to like escort the last one to heaven or something um, or this cherubim and it, and it actually like manifest it's like has a human form and then at the end of the episode it manifests as like this four-headed thing with like rotating heads oh my god <laughs> that's and it's awesome it's fucking trippy it's trippy it's so it's, metal it's, it's, it's it really is though I, i've never really thought about it before but with uh, a lot of Guillermo del toro's designs like i'm yeah. thinking particularly of in hellboy the um uh, the angel of death they go to visit is so much closer to like an actual angel. It, while not mm-hmm. specifically derivative of it, like the kind of the strange, you know, the way that it has like really no face above its mouth. It's just these mm-hmm. um, like ornamentation that it was given. Like it, it's, they're horrifying. And, and it's, it's insane to me that more films, cause I'm a guy who's scoured genre films for pretty much my entire life. I've seen thousands of them, you know, like, uh, and no one, even in surrealist stuff, like uh, you look at something like Begotten, which is about like creation and everything. Um, you still don't see like true to form representations because it's it's always. Uh, have any of you seen that movie Frailty with uh, Bill Paxton? 
Yeah. You know, when he has his vision, it's 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 of like I guess you could say like one of the more of a warrior angel, but uh it's still just that human and and the closest I think anything in pop culture's actually gotten in modern pop culture to to representing this is either some of the more baroque designs of Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh um the video game series Silent Hill. Oh, interesting. Uh, a lot of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I research angels and, and you look into like, because the seal of Metatron is something that's that's a huge plot point in the game, but a lot of their representations of the other world, the nightmare world, and and who these so-called monsters are, because it's monsters in little you know quotations. Uh, they almost work like angels, and it's it's. I've always considered it more of like a Lovecraftian connotation with these like kind of great elder gods. And now I'm seeing no, this is straight up Old Testament. Um, heaven is a place more horrifying than you could ever think because we can't fathom it. Yeah. If you go by Bible yeah, scriptures, you can't people. fathom it. You know, everything I've seen of the devil and of hell pales in comparison to what heaven might be. Honestly, <laughs> it really feels, it seems like a worse place the way it's described. Or best place, depending on how much you like. I don't know. I like flaming wheels with sentience. Oh, it scares me so much. What does the throne room look like? If that's your throne, if that is your great seat and chariot, look or even weirder. Um, if like, what's God look like? I would like. I don't. Because like people say, like you know, God's like a. I mean, big old man. Our culture is weird and and imagines God as like a big old white man. Yep um for some reason but <laughs> we like, know that reason like uh yes <laughs> yeah um it's explainable but it's for but another it's, show that's for another episode but it's like realistically speaking like the true form of the divine would almost certainly be incomprehensible if it even has something that we could call a form yeah i've always thought of it closer to something like um the deadlights you know pennywise's deadlights you you can make that joke yeah, all you yeah, want, like earlier but it, it's you know because pennywise himself was a, he manifested as a spider because that's the only way we could understand what it was that was how we physically you know it's the yeah it's all we could do and and i think of and god the novel that. takes different forms too you yes. know based off of our fears mm-hmm. in that case like a werewolf or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah like the, the a, a lot of times shift i would imagine yeah like I've yeah, because like sorry, go ahead. Oh no, like my personal, like my absolute, like if there is a god, how I see them is um, uh, almost like uh, oil and water. It's this. Ooh. It's not so much a uh, um, like a form as it is just a collection of like an effect. Yeah, so it's like it, it's just it's it's shifting colors. It's amorphous. It it's like the, th- what the it thing. At, it's the thing at the end of Annihilation. Yeah, yeah, that's very much like that's I've I've always kind of viewed because that's what God would be. Because I mean, like God isn't just it's not just a man, a woman. It's, yeah. it's it's a fox. It's it's a star in the sky. It's the sunrise. It's it's the tree. It's the wind we can't see. It's it's every thought. It's every dream. So it's like, what would God be? But this um batch of colors constantly, yeah, yeah. swirling. You know, like the way I imagine like the chaos when um life popped out of like uh um the formless soup you know like the uh, <laughs> yeah it's 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 that that kind of primordial just 
more of an impression, but if because we have to visualize something, you know. Um, yeah, like God, God, God is the shimmer. That that's yeah. straight up. Yeah, it's it's He's maybe it's because I read Lovecraft like way too. Yeah, early, I was gonna say this yeah, is like, very color out of space. Like, yeah, no, but, but I read color out of space when I was young. But it's I think. I think this is the show's official like statement. Uh, God looks either like one of two things. One, Betty White. Mm-hmm. That's its human form. Um, I'll allow it. Her visions and dreams. Yeah. And then actual form, totally Colorado space. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Oh my God. Just... Betty White is the Colorado space. That would be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> She's. Ugh. So that means oh. she like morphed with like alpacas. Like, is she part alpaca? Yes. <laughs> well, that's because she's she is in all things andrew yeah uh, that's that's a comfort that's she's, a weirdly comforting thought wow she's in all of us wow thank you betty white we love betty <laughs> yeah we do what if she betty was white, come on the show. honestly like i wouldn't even be surprised if she was you go to heaven and sitting on you know surrounded by her in insanities is betty white betty white offering you cookies i'd be like, like yeah, that's sounds about right yeah and I'd, I'd still tell her that Lake Placid kind of sucked and that I'd go to hell probably. I'm sorry it did. That's... But but for if, if she were in charge of everything, hell would probably just be a place that still has warm cookies, but they're slightly less good. Oh, oh yeah. Not enough butter. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, like you know, the smaller chocolate chips, not the big ones, uh, you know? And fewer chocolate chips. Like you get maybe only so two like, per cookie. It's so close to perfection, but just far off. And it just bugs you forever. <laughs> That's exactly what Dante described. That is. is. <laughs> oh, man. After, after discussing angels and whatnot, it's like, I feel like if you did like the, yeah, I, I feel like the level of uh, the, the levels of heaven are not. The levels of heaven are described very differently in everything. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, that feels like such a personal thing, which has always made me wonder well, if, if there is a heaven. Is it just like a place for us? Is is it like open to how we see it? Yeah. You know, is it not just like a, cause it can't be just like a boom, here's a place. Cause like, what if I want KFCs on like every corner, but you know, Bob doesn't cause he's a Popeye's guy. Like <laughs> what, what goes down there? Well, it's, it's just like the, the chair beam, you know, it's one restaurant, but it just rotates. <laughs> it just rotates. Okay. <laughs> now I want to <laughs> eat there though, because you called it a chair beam. And... Oh my God. Yeah, we... <laughs> Have you guys seen miracle workers, the TV show? No. Um, I have not. Okay, so it's about God, and God like gives up on Earth and wants to make a lazy Susan restaurant where everything is served on like a lazy Susan. Oh. And I feel like that's what a, sh- a cherub is, just like <laughs> <laughs> rotating heads. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's one of those cheap action figures we grew up with, uh, Jeff. You know, where you can just like press a button and it's like his head turns and it's. Oh yeah, or yeah. like another head comes from its chest and it's yeah. a different thing now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh i love it you just never would have thought these would be the the uh conversations or descriptions inspired by the actual descriptions <laughs> or lack thereof really of angels because we can say like it's we get ezekiel i'm kind of convinced having read everything with ezekiel that man was on the best stuff ever grown yeah um and it did the descriptions are barely there and what you're left with becomes mm-hmm. like a whole lot of artist interpretation. And then 
Um, you know, uh, I think it's funny to me that Dante Alighieri is arguably responsible for the modern viewpoints of hell. Demons. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. But and it's funny that so like, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it, it's funny to me that like, you know, I, I'd almost say heavens, the view of heaven uh, was almost formed by like Hollywood. Yeah. Well, this, there's so much weird stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, there's certain, I, I was getting in like a, a Facebook conversation with some folks about this that I know from like grad school. And because I was watching It's a Wonderful Life around the, uh, the holidays. And it's so weird to me that like some people think that like, because it's kind of the effective start of a belief that some people actually have, which is that good people can become angels. Oh yeah, but biblically, yeah. they're different creations entirely, and they're yeah. different types of things. And human beings are not angels, and there's no like promotional. But some people believe that, probably from that movie, because oh, it sounds true. nice. Like my grandma was real nice. I'm sure grandma could be an angel. <laughs> no, Timmy, <laughs> an angel is a different fucking thing. Honestly, like, Timmy, your grandma would probably not want to be one. That seems like a horrible existence. I don't know. Honestly, you'd have the most metal grandma of all time. She's really good at saying holy. <laughs> my yeah, my grandma is a seraphim. That's the what one up? requirement: is you have to be good at singing. <laughs> After this episode, like I have a religious conversion. That's like okay, Jeff converted to Christianity, and he to wants to be angel. like the best Christian ever because I want to become a throne. Yes. <laughs> what, if, what if you are that one asshole who's like everybody, you know, you get to be your angel. So you get your little halo and you, you get to go save, you know, kittens and, and do shit. I go to heaven. I'm like, um, God, not to, not to question your infinite wisdom <laughs> or the hierarchy and the way that things are structured around here. However, I think throne. that you need to make this a meritocracy. Yeah. Because <laughs> This lifetime appointment for throne angels is like, I want to take a turn. Okay, and, I am begging uh, you to please go to like your a local church and just tell everyone there <laughs> that that's your plan. I be a throne. <laughs> well, like, like, okay, um, uh, Pastor, a question. Can people become angels? And he's like, well, they'll probably answer something like, like, according to the Bible, it doesn't really talk about that, but, it, you know, like, God works in mysterious ways and and i'll be like okay cool so i'll take that as yes all right so can we pick what kind of angel we try and become because i'm holding up that chair as an, a burning wheel of eyes Dude, the problem is, is is you know because he just wants to give you the halo because it's probably like the easiest thing to do and you're like i want to be a throne you know he's going to make you feel that transformation (laughs) it's just going to look at you and be like all right this is what you get asshole yeah halo is nice but i'm thinking like bigger wheel full of eyes and fire i could just but i just think it would be so funny if you went to like a church group and they're like what are oh i'm here for my grandma who passed away and you just go yeah i'm here so i can get 50 more eyes and I can be on fire and have God sit on me for the rest of my life. <laughs> These are aspirations. You know what I mean? Like, like, no, you don't understand. Like, so you had a religious conversion? Yes. Like, what, what, what prompted your religious conversion? Um, I realized I want to become a wheel of an eyed wheel, many eyed wheel of fire. I want an. Upgrade. You want to be the song of eyes and fire. Hi-oh. What else could you ever hope for? I mean. I mean, honestly, it's my only goal now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Being a Christian is the only way to do that. Well, dang nabbit. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to get there. Um, it's, uh, yeah, that's good for you. I, I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, God. Like, what do they think about all day? You have God <laughs> sitting on you. You're flying around screaming, holy. Like, what What do they do when they take their breaks? Because I imagine they get, like, a 15-minute break here. Do you, think they, do you think they have, like, yeah. breaks? Do you think they're just like, they do, they get a smoking break (laughs) where they get to like, let their fire just smokes a little bit. Yeah. 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 Like five minutes outside the stairwell. Like what is a, so you feeling pretty holy today? Yeah. You know, pretty holy. Could be holier though. Like you think like they have like days where they're like, just kind of phoning it in a little bit. Like, holy, holy. (laughs) And then like they get nudged. Like, I mean, sorry. It's just been, I didn't sleep well last night. I will say, um, I don't know if you guys are on Witch Talk, but I am obsessed with it. Witch Talk? Yeah. It, okay. It's like a, a corner of TikTok where all these like witches and spiritual people talk oh, about I've it. seen I'm some there of now. I am fascinated My by it. really active on TikTok. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them do psychedelics, which like I don't. I don't do psychedelics, but I think it's... That's half of what witchcraft is. Yeah. And almost, like, I have seen so many people of so many different, like, parts of witchcraft and different religions all discussing the Mm -hmm. same thing of, like, golden things that fly with 50,000 eyes. Like, every... Mm -hmm. They all say the same exact thing, which is very concerning to me. (laughs) (laughs) What if... Also, like, what if it's not angels? Yes. Oh god. Yeah. Our understanding is very limited. What if it's real and it's something totally fucking different? Uh, so we we are saying heaven heaven is a racer head. Yes. That's honestly <laughs> what it feels like. David Lynch knows the way. It's because that's that's the other thing to really think about too, is is you know, we everything we know about God's court and God is you know, at least when it comes to with, with Christianity, it's second not even secondhand knowledge it's it's hundreds of years removed knowledge from the events themselves yeah. and it's and it, it's it's frightening to think what people from 2000 years ago would think of an airplane today and how if we sent one back would we be worshiping something like an airplane oh that's so interesting and it's like it, it when you start thinking about like are, are these possible you know you could go the extraterrestrial route you could you know, uh, the more because the more I learned about angels and the more I learned about it, it almost just sounds like a lot of it's like misunderstood technology. Well, like, how would they see that technology, though, if it wasn't they, like there? They'd interpret it exactly. Those blinking, those eyes or cameras or, or their oh. holographic projection units. Their, uh, yeah, how do you think they would have seen though? those? Exactly as they described them. It's like how they say... um like for some ancient artwork and stuff, it's like all those ancient aliens hypotheses were like, mm-hmm. this looks weirdly like a space shuttle. Yep. Like, yeah. And it's, Ooh, but it, like it's that. also, but it's also us looking at, at an artist's interpretation. And we all know how True. we get when, you know, we're going to put our own flights of fancy into something. And uh, it's, it's, it's also, you know, what looks like a plane to us now easily could have just been a dude who doesn't know what he's doing, drawing a condor, you yeah. know? And it's, it's, yeah. it's like, fuck it it, it it it's what makes these like infinitely fascinating because i, I would have loved someone who um like i'd love to talk to somebody of faith who who knows about 
about these and, yeah. and talk about Nephilim with and then sit in with somebody who doesn't and, <laughs> and watch them who is a person of faith who watch and watch them like learn this stuff and just how would they react because it, yeah. it is the fact that we don't talk about them anymore to me feels like the church trying to soften up how absolutely bizarre large portions of the bible are um yeah but the- because people can only take so much before they go all right that's a little too weird but like if we had had these forever and like they just introduced them to people as kids and said like look these are scary looking but they're okay i feel like we all would have gotten used to it but because they well yeah it up, I mean, it's so much weirder buddhism has wrathful deities who look like spooky monsters yeah. and a lot of them are actually just no just look this way you know, yeah they just- it's it's i don't know because we we it's it's this weird crossroads when it comes to because once again this is just my observations, loose observations of a North American, like agnostic, we'll say, um, looking at religion from the outside in is, is there's a whole lot of, it's easier to accept the idea of demons as being something that Satan, that Satan created, that, um, something other than God created. But when you look at the angels, he surrounds himself with, it's, it's like what? quite easy to see that maybe God just kind of set up. It's yeah. what he does, you know, because sometimes, you know, that plastic print that they make the people out of or the animals out of, you know, sometimes the mold breaks, melts a little bit, and things get a little odd. And like, <laughs> it, it's, it, I don't think they like to associate that kind of bizarre grotesquerie. But would it really be that bizarre and grotesque if, if we just talked about it from day one? People could have easily rejected. I could see it, especially nowadays. People don't want to. Well, like if there have been statues of that in churches God's for thousands gyros. of years and stuff, like sure they would have been weird, but we wouldn't have thought they were bizarre. It's well, it's it's kind of like um a, a kind of not to people are going to find this so offensive, uh, but whatever. To think about like Scientology, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the really weird beliefs obviously christianity doesn't do this but you have to like pay your way up different rungs my understanding of scientology you have to, yep. to be in a religion oh yeah you have to uh <laughs> there's tiers of revelation on the cheapest it's going to be about i think it's about a quarter of a million dollars to what? get to that's so uh, yeah you pay your way up to different tiers where yeah. they have different levels of teachings that's they cool. tell you and and the really weird one with like space lords um like galactic warlords basically Zenu. nuking yeah with Xenu nuking people in a space volcano and their disembodied souls well, they're alien souls they shot yeah. into a a volcano and the souls were released right. and entered man and caused sin and chaos okay, i yeah. love that though but that's like, so insane like <laughs> it's not but the point is they don't tell you that stuff until you've we know now because south park did an episode and stuff yep. but and people have gotten out of scientology and have revealed stuff but they don't tell you that right out the gate no. they tell you things like oh well these are some practices and these are some halfway reasonable beliefs and then you pay up a tier and they're like here's some crazier shit and then yep. you pay up a tier and they're like here's some real bonkers nonsense and then like Five tiers later, I don't know how many tiers they have. It's like, and then these evil space souls are yep. causing you to have bad thoughts about your wife. Yep, oh. that's one hundred percent. By then, you're decades into it. Like you're 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 knee deep in it, um, and you've committed so much money and resources, yep. and time. You don't want to admit you're wrong. Well, that's just. But honestly, that seems so 
accessible. Well, I mean, it's 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 like the same reason why so many uh, depictions of Christ in the Western world are, are of a white man, despite yeah. the fact that I doubt anyone in the Palestinian Bethlehem, you know, like it, 2000 years ago, I don't think so. Like, but because uh, I, I think it's fair to say as a, as speaking as a white man, that uh, a large portion of white people do not like to, could never fathom worshiping someone of a different color. See, but the thing is, if for, if, if there were never a depiction of like white Jesus, if Jesus had always been depicted as like a Middle Eastern person, it wouldn't have been, it would never be. It wouldn't have, but we, we, I mean, that's why, you know, things like prejudice, racism, it's yeah, a creative yeah, yeah. problem, you know, and it's also a way to, to throw superiority, you know, when you're bringing Christianity over to Europe and it's like, you got the, the Europeans looking and I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to worship what those, those, those brown folk do. And they're like, well, no, don't worry. Jesus was white. Oh shit. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's fine then. You know, cuz that's exactly yeah. that obfuscation, the uh the softening, the uh the changes are I mean, every religion as as society evolves and and, and grows, you know, every religion has to evolve itself to uh to survive, but I I think it's it says a lot that a lot of the weirder portions of the Bible, like angels, uh it's sugar-coated. Um, because I think people would be turned off because my first thought when I Googled image, these things to like really get a good idea of them, my first thought was if that's what he's making, why the fuck would I want to worship him? Yeah. Cause what, what the hell does he look like? And it, it freaked me out, you know? And, uh, and I think a lot of people would have that reaction upon their first viewing of one. They don't want to see that weirdness it's because we want God for my, my stray observations, people want God to be something that they could reach out and touch and and they want it to be something that they can understand because they're only following the light of god because the world is so unknowable and yeah and there, there's nothing tangible to hold on to so they need something tangible and then you present them with this abstract <laughs> oh yeah have you seen god's chair it's alive it's it's been made easier to digest i think for the masses Definitely. Um, well, also, if you notice with all of the hierarchies, they get closer to being pictured as kind of like us. Yes. The closer to interacting with humans they get. Which know? also so, makes them the lower, uh, less appreciated by God. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, like, and lower in power and authority or whatever. So, like, the closer to Earth and humans they are, the lower their rank, authority, and power, and the more comprehensible and the closer to God. And it's weird that we try and really picture a very understandable humanoid deity that we're quote unquote in the image of, because the it would go against the logic of every other aspect of what we think is in the afterlife in heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah. uh, it's a, uh, like I get it. And, but it, it's, I, I think if we had grown up with these images, I don't know what people would really I don't know if Christianity would have held on and, and been able to reign itself the way it did. I don't think it would have spread. When you start reading more and more, the the seraphim, um, uh, the cherubim, they, they start getting talked about less and less, and it becomes more about the archangels, who, funnily, only what, Michael is the only archangel actually mentioned in the Bible proper? Oh, uh, okay, so on, um, in, for, for archangels, in the New Testament um, Bible, 
makes over a hundred references to angels, but uses the word archangel twice. And it mentions Michael by name in one of those references in Catholicism. Cause the, uh, canonical Catholic texts are different than the Protestant Bible. Yes. Um, and have different books mm-hmm. and configurations. Three are mentioned by name, Gabriel, Michael, and Raphael. Uh, but not Donatello. Or, oh, or, yeah. <laughs> I was, when I saw that, was, I saw Raphael. I was like, "Hell yeah!" There's a book of Raphael. Of course, there is. And then, um, uh, apparently, Eastern Orthodox tradition mentions some t- some places um, thousands of archangels, but yep. only seven are actually ascribed a name. Yep. Yep. And so it, it really does vary depending on what it's- variant of Christian belief you're going with which you know lends to the a the wonderful malleability of the religion you know is that it's able to adapt to different regions folklores beliefs but also that it's i I think the one thing i'm going to walk away from any of this is is god is a far more insane and mysterious being than i ever considered and i kind of appreciate that that vastly unknown thing it allows me it's dangerous in that it allows me to fill in these blank spaces with whatever the hell i want which to me is that's when religion starts to get scary um but it also it, it allows us to still have wonder in the universe like that blank space between the stars could be filled with wheels that scream holy 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 uh and, and angels with eyes for wings and you know, and, and it's, that's incredible. And well, the, the thing that I, I think is so interesting and, and consider this part of the sort of like the deep dive portion of the show uh, of the show is that um, I find it so interesting that as you get closer to the divine, the form and the function of the angelic beings become more incomprehensible, mm-hmm. uh, like we've been talking about, mm-hmm. but then, um, if and the closer to the mortal plane, you know, whatever they're, they're they're chiller, they're less important. But that 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 logic means that whatever God would be or would appear as, it wouldn't be a dude that looks like us. We wouldn't be made in God's image, mm-hmm. right? It would it would have to because it would fl- that that would fly against the logic of every other aspect of heaven in this instance yeah. so god would have to be just the weirdest shit yeah in appearance so uh uh i wanted to ask you Corey, are there any sort of like uh themes or bigger picture aspects of uh that that thinking about all these topics because I, I i know we we got into it because um this episode exists because of a random conversation i had with you on twitter yeah <laughs> um so like what what does it make you think of honestly just sort of like the insanity of your imagination i guess and how people can like when they're looking for answers into the universe they can really think about anything um but also Mm -hmm. sort of i love thinking about like the cultural connections between like ancient mesopotamia and these insane monsters um and sort of how they're all really similar and how a lot of people will say they've seen similar things. So that freaks me out a little, but yeah, that, that, that that's, I would say more than a little unnerving. <laughs> <laughs> like how like there's, I, 
there's all these uh uh if you do like comparative folklore there's so many common types of things that have like echoes and cultures that have completely independent um you know uh sets of beliefs and 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 civilizations or whatever and so you do kind of wonder like okay well are they is there something that that we don't know about yeah because a lot of them too are like they're cultures that never interacted but they still say the same thing um right so it's odd but the commonality between in, in like the human imagination, like I, I'm a firm mm-hmm. believer in synchronicity, especially Definitely. when it comes to uh, creative synchronicity. Um, I remember I had a story idea, got really deep into it, wrote it, loved it. Script was ready, polished. I'm a genius. And then the movie Dead Birds came out and I'm like, this is 75% my fucking story. Yeah, that's Holy literally shit. the worst thing ever. It happened to me. But written you know written at around the same time yeah conceived around the same time on two completely different coasts of the united states i never met simon barrett he's never met me but like yeah. here we are with this remarkably similar idea and like you see it scratched into walls all over the place you know from mayans there's commonalities and things we can't traditionally explain other than there is like almost like a shared cultural genetic memory almost like we're all born with like these primal things that we once painted on walls together and no matter where we ended up like you know um it's kind of like how you have um like all these different cultures have flood myths but they didn't have a direct like intellectual lineage yes but everyone's like hey uh remember when the gods this this different deity sent a flood for this different reason but it's all flood myths. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I think if you were able to somehow track like uh, weather patterns and geological uh, activity uh, at around those times, I, I think a lot of our stuff comes from, you know, like flood myths. I mean, who knows how grounds have changed in the thousands of years? Like I know scientists do. There are people, there's a whole thing. I know, I know, I know, <laughs> but we can't tell you exactly what it was like then because it's what did it look like 2000 years ago when an earthquake happened yeah. compared to what we know an earthquake to be now what what does a flood look like what is a sudden freak uh volcanic eruption 5000 miles away i mean you know people who have a faith often think oh well obviously this is this is the story this is the narrative because it's true right and it's just the way it is but if you actually look at it from a folkloric aspect, a lot of these things, a lot of these stories obvious, like seem very clearly and obviously like the type of narrative when you're trying to explain a phenomenon of the world as like a, uh, a an earlier, like thousands and thousands of years ago person. That's like, oh, well, why is the, uh, why is this mountain here? why is the sky blue yeah why is there an ocean and you're trying to come up with a narrative you're like oh well the i mean the the, varies widely depending on what culture you have but you have all these explanatory stories and narratives that are like oh well this is a feature of the world we need to understand so a god did this or a demon did it if it's a bad scary thing or i mean this is an accidental side effect of something that these big powers did I, I would argue that every single child that's ever lived on this planet 
sat through at least one thunderstorm and wondered what was angry at them. Yeah, for sure. Corey, tell uh, tell the audience where they can find yeah, you. Yeah, so your stuff. Uh, my website is gorycorey.com. And then you can find me on Twitter at gorycoreyhorror or on Instagram at underscore gorycorey underscore. Fantastic. Uh, thank you. And thank you so much for, for the episode idea and for, for <laughs> stopping you for by. Me talk was, about uh, this. I know it's so insane. It was, uh, exceptionally cool. Yes. Um, this was and, uh, Andrew, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch most nights, uh, being bad at video games, just uh, dark underscore crow. Crow has an E at the end. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter uh, spouting off some nonsense at dark underscore crow underscore and uh, rotating chair doing its thing, coming out with episodes all the time. You just recorded one today about the new episode. I did WandaVision. on WandaVision. Oh my and, God. Uh, tomorrow. Well, I guess, yep. <laughs> this will be like old and five episodes behind with TRC's pace. But uh, yeah, doing some stuff about uh, British horror tomorrow with uh, some people who know a bit of bit of, a bit of stuff about it so yeah you can find me just everywhere but nowhere really <laughs> as as it should be once more i'd like to extend a special thanks to our guests this episode and to all of you out there listening from the dawn of record human civilization we've been fascinated by monsters and the monstrous they've inhabited our dreams and nightmares they've been our protectors and our villains They've symbolized our fears and vices, our hopes and potential. Fears of creatures and the night that nourishes them were key inspirations and fuel for the rise of human civilization, the need to get out of the shadows, behind the walls, and into the light. In many ways, understanding our monsters is an important part of understanding our world and ourselves. So thank you for taking this journey with us, we humanoids from the deep dive. (laughs) 